Hi and welcome to episode 16 of the Desert Island Punks podcast. I'm Jake from punk rock band Jake and the Jellyfish and this is my podcast where I interview friends of mine and people I admire in the punk rock scene. This week I'm joined by Dylan Slocum of Spanish Love Songs. We had a beer and hung out in the Knot in Manchester for their gig with Hot Water Music and Red City Radio. He's a super nice guy and had some of my favourite choices we've had in the podcast so far. There's a few snafus with the recording, uh, but we got over it alright, which is a pretty decent segue uh, to pointing in the direction of a Patreon, which I've just set up. Uh, if you head over to patreon.com forward slash Desert Island Punks, there's a few different ways in which you can support the podcast and I'm working on bunch of specials that will be made available to supporters uh, a lot earlier than everyone else. Uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast and thanks for listening. All right, well, uh, Dylan, welcome. Hey. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm not too bad. Uh, we're currently <laughs> under a train. Great start, yeah. Yeah, um, so this is the start of how long a tour? Is it a couple of weeks or three weeks? Weeks. 16 shows. Oh, cool, man. And then that's like here and then in. It's here. And like a run in Germany with Hot Water Music. And then a few uh, like German and Danish dates. Uh, cool. And then it ends at like the Hamburg Booze Cruise. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I've heard really good things about it. Yeah. And they're doing one in Bristol now, too. Yeah, yeah. I think they've kind of got like a similar sort of. Yeah, I think they're like officially, yeah. Like a thing now. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. Um, so, do you assume you get the concept of the podcast? Yes. Right, yes. so I'm going to send you off to a desert island. Perfect. Um, what album would be the first one you choose? First one, easy one, Darkness on the Edge of Town by Bruce Springsteen. Strong choice. The only choice. The only it, could take, it could take spots one through five. Yeah? Yeah, if it had to. That's my favorite uh, Bruce Springsteen album. It wasn't always mine. Oh, really? I thought Born to Run was like the end all be all. It's like Born to Run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's a classic. Classic, it's a classic, but, it's a classic it? but like, Darkness is when he starts getting real. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I think for me it was uh, The Promised Land. Like, yeah. That's such a good song. Like, yeah. You know, like, like, perfect song. Mm. I mean, for, for me, like, I mean, like, I think that like one song can can just like it, that's your gateway into that album. Yeah, and then it's, that's like, it. Yeah, you, yeah. Get, you get the feel. For me, Badlands is that song that I it's like right away. Those drums hit. And yeah, yeah. Like, um, speaking speaking to Sarah from Shout Louder earlier, we did a podcast with her and uh, talking about how albums used to be made like for one side and then the next side. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that is a perfect example of that album because you know, I mean, like it's one arc and then it's another. Uh, he like I feel like he's talked about that. Like, that's how those albums were structured. Born Around was the same way. It's like yeah, yeah. you have your opener, and then what? What closes outside A? It's got to be Racing uh, in the Street. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. closes outside A. Yeah. That's insane. And then you come back in with the Promised Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you end with Darkness Eye of the Town, which is my favorite song of that album. And it's just it's perfect. Is that, is that like is that something you listened to as a kid? Was it something you came to as an adult? Uh, my dad was a huge fan, so yeah, it's it played in my house constantly. Yeah, Born in the USA was more played, even though Darkness is my dad's favorite album too. It's like my entire I really got into my teenage years, and then he would always argue he's like Darkness was his best album, man. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're wrong. And it's like it's especially so when you're sad and depressing. When and you're a teenager, though, like <laughs> like in when you're a teenager, born to run should be your yeah. favorite album because it's like we can get out of here, we can do anything. And yeah. then when you're like when you hit like 25, and you're like, oh, we can. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, have t- to work. T- it turns out we can't. Do it. Yeah, we, we have to work to survive. Does that like here we are? So do you think that does that like inspire your 
like is that inspire your songwriting at all? Like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I try not to love it too much. I try not when we're writing. I try not to listen to people I like. Yeah, it's easy, like, especially with Springsteen. Yeah, I think it's easy to yeah, get into like Springsteen. Yeah, Springsteen worship. Sort of yeah, thing. and so like we did that on one song on the EP intentionally. I was like, this is like I'm gonna get the Springsteen song out of my way for no reason to believe it's a very Springsteen style song. Yeah, um, but then with the new album, I didn't. Really, I tried to avoid listening to it, and even so, when we finished the album, I like looked at everybody and I was like. Like, we made our version of Darkness on the Edge. But that's cool, man. Like, yeah, it's not going it to sound, sound like it. Yeah, it's not going to sound like it. But right? like in my head, there's a lot of the same type of themes and stuff. So, so second album. What was on my list? I sent it to you. Oh, yeah, you have it written down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Another album that could be one or one through five. Yeah. Uh, the Mountain Goats, The Sunset Tree. Cool. Yeah, a perfect album. Yeah, it was like, like um, that was like the fucking ninth album. The, oh, yeah, yeah, he's been writing music since like 1993. Yeah, yeah. And putting out just nonstop. I think that was, yeah, this is it their ninth? I, I lose count. Um, it's not even the one I came to them through. I came to them through Tallahassee. Oh, really? Yeah. I think because like, most people I know that are into the Mountain Goats come into them through Ohio, West Texas. I mean, that was their first, like, big one, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, like, their last lo-fi one. Yeah. I came in through Tallahassee because uh, I was getting a divorce, and it's, like, the perfect divorce album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh, where has this band been all of my life? You know, I've heard, I had heard, I've heard songs, I've heard people talking about it, but I never, like, dove in. And then I kind of worked my way backwards. And then I remember the first time I heard Sunset Tree, and this must have been... 2010. Like it was, yeah. it was a few years after it came out. It came out in 2000. And, see, this is this is 03 or 05, right? 2005, yeah. Five, right? Because all hell West Texas is 03, right? Yeah, which is like surprisingly, surprisingly close together, considering because I, so, I mean, from I was never, I mean, I'm like a recent Mountain Goat. Okay. Um, so like from when I heard All Hell West Texas and heard Sunset Tree, like yeah. they were still like. They're so different. Yeah, yeah, polar opposites in terms of like production. So, I, so I, I remember I listened to a podcast that he does. Yeah, it's, that's great. That's an amazing podcast. And he's yeah. talking about Hell West Texas and how they were already planning on going into the studio and stuff, but he found his boombox. Yeah. And was like, it had broken, but he turned it on and it was working. So while his wife was away at like a volleyball camp or something, yeah, yeah. he recorded All Hell West Texas. <laughs> Which is fucking insane. I have like. I, I kind of hate people like that because you know like people are like super super prolific and just yeah. like, like sit down and just record an album but I, I'm not I haven't been that way I've always been pretty like precious with my time and I, I have to be inspired but like one thing especially like that band has taught me or Bruce Springsteen is like it's a muscle and so like you can be that prolific if you just sit down and write every day so the album that we just finished I didn't have very much of it done and then I sat down and wrote an album in like a week and a half oh really like, that's pretty cool yeah, and it was mostly new ideas. I like lyrics weren't even written. Some of them were just rearranged. I'm like and the absolute opposite when it comes to that. Like, because I I, yeah. I I tend to like I'll write a song, but I'll find like a moment, and I like that moment, but I don't try and force anything else. Yeah, that's fair. Do you know what I mean? So like I then so it means that songs take me months, but I yeah. might have like four songs. To I usually even on our old stuff, I know within an hour if the song is going to be good or not. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. Like good to me. Might not be good to the world. Yeah, cut it out. So, like, you know, I was in Iowa and I'd go into the basement and I'd spend the morning kind of 
messing around with ideas, writing some stuff down. And then by like, I'd eat lunch, and then at like one or two, I'd track. And if, like, if in an hour, it was done. Yeah, you know, so like that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It so was like a, with like with lyrics or with like kind of just lyrics and chords, like acoustic yeah, yeah. guitar lyrics. I just mumble in my guitar until I find something. I think that's quite um, common. Way of doing and then things. and then I'll know from there whether I want to take it to the band. And then yeah. I take it to the band. Then then there's more time and effort that gets put into it. But even then, when we're jamming together, the songs that take us you know, two or three weeks to figure out usually get cut. <laughs> You know, it's ones that come really quick that tend to be the yeah. sort. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure the first single from the new album is a song that I wrote in California in about an hour, and then took to the band and Ruben and I arranged it in another hour. Yeah, and we played it an hour after that, and it was. I feel like with those songs you can go one or two ways. So like, uh, so with my band, uh, first first song that like got us at all well known. Was a song that I wrote in like an hour. Yeah, but like I hate. <laughs> yeah, you know of course, I mean? of and then there's like there's the other slide of it where it's like you know that we ended up dropping that song because we didn't like it. Or yeah, whatever. and then like then you get the flip side where it's like how did I come up with that? Do you know what I mean? Like you know you spend all this time trying to figure out chords and it's the one where you just pick up the guitar and yeah. play like three chords and you're like oh, I've got the something. greatest thing I've ever learned. Because again, I'm finally having the time to like be a songwriter. Yeah, sure. And I'm finally taking this seriously for the first time in my life. Um, the greatest thing I learned was stripping it down and that's that's the reason that Springsteen and Mountain Goats are the top two on this list like Darkness on the Edge of Town Racing in the Street arguably one of the greatest Springsteen songs is four chords two thirds of the song Sunset Tree Mountain Goats uh, this year is one progression the entire song such a good song yeah and it's one progression that's it and so it's just like Simplicity is good. Yeah, I think was, you know, I, I used to struggle with like, and then it's got to change this chord progression. This has to do this, and I think that's coming from like a pop punk background. I, there's like some type of like musical insecurity in pop punk where it's like every single section changes and has this and that. And I, I'm a sucker for like just a classic, well-composed song because yeah. you can't take somebody on like the journey of a story if your background is just swerving yeah sure I think sometimes as well like uh, with especially with songs like something might naturally feel quite right yeah do you know what I mean yeah. and so therefore like fucking it with with it for the sake of fucking with it is then it's bad yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's, and I am guilty of that I think most songs overthinking yeah, yeah overthinking so did you say you've had more time to recently kind of concentrate on songwriting is that yeah, so we had we were working on the new album, and I quit my job and lived off my savings all summer. And you know now we're going into touring for like the foreseeable future. Sure. Like already between now and July, we're on tour. Oh well. So it's like I'm I gotta like find jobs when I can. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not like wealthy in doing it, but I I set aside time to take this seriously to see if if it's something that you know could yeah. be taken seriously. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It's unexpected. I wasn't planning on doing this, but like, it's, a, it's a cool change in life. Yeah, sure. Well, like, how long have you guys been a band now? Uh, I guess, like, I wrote the first Spanish Love Song song with Ruben six years ago. Kyle joined five years ago. Um, but I mean, 
our first album came out in 2015. Right, okay. So I would count that as like when we first, but even then we weren't taking it serious. We were it just was like, just like Weekend Warriors. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Kind of songs that I had lying around that we didn't even edit that much. And it was just like, here they are. Yeah, cool. So, you know, we've been taking this band seriously for like a year. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Like, I mean, so. it seems to be going pretty well. Yeah, it's so, good. Like, yeah, we've, you know, we, we always joke that we had zero expectations. Um, and so we got where we were, but then at a certain point, we're like, oh no, like we can keep not having expectations, but we have to try because yeah, yeah. we're doing something. Yeah. It's unexpected, but it's great. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, sweet. So we'll move on to number three, which uh, actually, I'm going to say right off the bat, your list is probably one of my favorites that I've had to I'm not going to lie it's a great list it's, just, yeah. <laughs> it's weird a great that list. you like them. <laughs> like, yeah right like 15 podcasts in this is probably my favorite of the, of the bunch I mean that's good holy shit that's a uh, that's a harmless spider that's a spider I uh hate insects please move I think it will just probably move itself please disappear you need to swipe it away yeah sure but Everybody will know my great fear of spiders now. Um, no, it's, I just hate things that move <laughs> my in weakness. my periphery. <laughs> uh, yeah, my only. Uh, yeah, number three, uh, August and Everything After by Kenny Crows. Yeah. Uh, another album that could take up all five spots. This is the thing. I picked this list based on like what I'm going to get the most long-term enjoyment and like nooks and crannies. And, yeah, yeah. You know, not musically, because... You know, the County Grows album might be the simplest musical album on this list. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Those are just straight folk songs. Yeah, I think like they're really interesting arrangements sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And they go on, they go in interesting directions, but it's all about Adam Duritz and the lyrics. It really is. I actually wrote down in here, and I was just saying like he's the sort of person that like um, I was like, I was like re-listening to the album on the way here. Uh, just, like, I try and do it before every podcast. I try and like go through the albums. Yeah. Um, and like he's the sort of person that like he can make a shit lyric sound profound so good yeah yeah it's just like I could never get away with any of his fucking lyrics around here we stay up very 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 late <laughs> yeah like I, could, like I don't like I don't know many people that could get away with that do you know what I mean yeah. and when he does it it sounds like you're fucking like, poetry I'm here yeah I, and it is poetry it's great I actually just noticed that every band on this list um, is a band that's well Bruce Springsteen is the only one whose name is in the in the band title and yeah, yeah. the Easter band, but all of this entire list are bands whose like front man Got is one, the band. Yeah, one songwriter that's like makes it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very subconsciously telling <laughs> um, where I get where I come. That's really funny. Um, uh, yeah, August Everything After, perfect album. Yeah, well, I, th- I think it it's slows good. down like a tiny bit. It was like train to Baltimore or whatever, yeah, I, but it kind of works. I've got thing is like that's the sort of song that sometimes I'll skip, but then yeah, I, and then other times that'll be the one I only listen it. to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm the same way, and I think it's a perfect album. I think all these are perfect albums. To be fair, uh, um, I don't know what else to say. It's like, is that like is that something? I mean, it came out in 1993, oh, so it's probably yeah. So imagine that's probably a bit before your. Yeah, I was five. Yeah. Sweet. So, I, I mean, but I heard it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. you couldn't... I was five, but that's when I started remembering music. So, I got my... I had an older brother who's five years older than me. So, when I was six, he gave me his copies of 
the Offspring Smash and Green Day's Dookie. So like, when I was six, I was aware of music. Like, yeah. I had my own CDs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, Mr. Like, Jones so, was everywhere. Sounds Rain like King was like everywhere. Good albums. As yeah, well. yeah. For, yeah for I didn't, a get, a bunch of, I didn't yeah. get a bunch of crap albums. Although I don't know why my parents let me listen to the Offspring at age six, but you know. We listened to that in the van yesterday, and it was great, but it's not in my top five. <laughs> um, my favorite from Offspring is uh, their cover of Feelings, just because it's so shit. <laughs> it's so bad, but it's also so good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I just like how oh, they just take the piss. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's... I know, I'm just wandering on all these albums. I don't have any deep critical thoughts other than, like, it's a beautiful album with amazing stories yeah. and just wonderful performances. I think a lot of it is to do with his performance as well. Oh, he's insane. Yeah. He makes me sad because I listen to the Mountain Goats and like John Darnielle does one thing very well. Yeah. And he mostly does it. And Bruce Springsteen does one thing pretty well. Right? Yeah. Vocally. Mostly. Yeah, oh, vocally. Yeah, vocally. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah the songs, no, but like yeah, vocally. Yeah. But Adam Duritz like the melodies and the shit he does it's like the dynamics isn't it it's like it's the up and down and like I'll write a song and I'll be like I'm a very monotone singer I know that it's just I do one thing pretty well okay cool Um, same with like John Darnielle's a pretty monotone singer yeah yeah, for for a large part of their career Um, but I listen to Nurse I'm like why can't I (laughs) be like like all over the place. So I, I think it's kind of interesting and something I've, I found with songwriting is that like, I mean, I don't know if this is something you find as well, but like when I write songs, I tend to write them or like almost like the top of my, top of my range. Oh yeah, you're just shouting. Yeah, so it's like, so it's like, I'm still singing, but it's... It's a punk rock thing. Energy, yeah. yeah it's a punk rock thing. It's from being in a room with no monitors. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. what it is. That's what I, I used to, in fact, I used to, like, not so much anymore, but, like, I used to love gigs with no monitors because it meant that I can, like, I felt like I was shouting over the band, which is yeah. why I always wanted it to sound yeah. like. Um, but, yeah, like, and then, and I felt when I didn't do that, it sounded boring. Yeah, you sound boring or ugly or, yeah, yeah. or, or lame. And then you listen, and then you listen to bands like this and you're like, oh, no, that's nice. I still do that. I still struggle with that. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to pull it back. Um, and I think it's, uh, John Darnielle did a, on that podcast he talked about this he's like when you're young you feel like if you're not shouting about everybody else you won't be heard yeah and I like heard that and felt it so deeply <laughs> yeah. that I was like shit I gotta quiet down yeah um, so I'm trying to rein it in because um, I think that's a yeah I think that's a good point like and it's a lot of punk bands that, yeah I, I don't think it's a bad thing it's just a, like like, sit, like we also like dynamics are good. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like some, dynamics are great. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's nice to like fucking bring it in, and, it, yeah. and like you feel so uh, with uh, with that album, you feel so close to the songs. Yeah, like do you know what I mean? Like you are with yeah. him there. Yeah, like from the very first line. Yeah. Right, and then from the very first line with like that little guitar line, it's like step out the door, and you're just like, oh shit, all right, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I will, I will I, step out that door. I, <laughs> nobody notices the contrast of white on white. I get you. <laughs> I feel it. You know, um, and up to like that extended jam session at the end of a murder, a murder of one. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's great. I, I it's a great song. You know what song up from them I love is uh, uh, Einstein. It's like what's it? Einstein on an island or something? The Eggman. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's like a later. What album is that? So it's actually not off an album. It's off a B side, and it was. Oh, it's a B side. It, it was a B side that okay. was that was meant to be on this album, but he didn't think it would be very big, and so he didn't come out until like the best of. And it was just like... What a jerk. <laughs> you, know what, you know what the worst thing is? 
So he was like, I think he was like almost 30 when they put this album, which explains a lot. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, he was older. Maybe he was 28 or something. Yeah, yeah. But like, this is their first album. Yeah. And it's on a major label, which back then doesn't mean as much, but it's perfect. Yeah. And he, he gave this great interview where he was like, I know we don't have a ton of albums, but we're five for five. <laughs> I was like, shit. That's, that's a flex. No confidence in it. Yeah, so, yeah, there's nothing else to say. They're kind of crazy, perfect band. So number Even four. their new shit's good. Number four. Oh, wait, we flopped it. Wow. Wait. Oh, no. Oh, it's hiding. Yeah. Well, because I, I cheated with number five, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, you did. Uh, I, I'll tell you why I cheated. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, number four, Bright Eyes, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning. Yeah. Uh, again, just continuing this theme of like songwriters working with collaborators, telling you these very clear stories. It's like, you know, Springsteen and uh, John Darnielle, like very specific in their storytelling, and you know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam Duritz and Connor Elberst are the opposite. Yeah. They're just like, spitting out this imagery but you still kind of get it but like it makes you sad you don't know why yeah yeah because I mean like actually if you listen because I always consider so I consider Bright Eyes that album and Count Crows that album as like really sad albums and then you they were super depressing and then you but you listen to them and like that Bright Eyes album is actually pretty upbeat like in terms of like musically yeah 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 yeah. but But, that's the secret right it's happy songs with sad lyrics exactly that's that's everything I've ever loved um (laughs) That, um, I also think that album that uh, I'm wide awake in this morning, it's like, I think there's a, a an age group that loves that album, and I think it's like, uh, I, 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 sh- I think you're the same age yeah, group yeah. as me, yeah, so it's like, it's that age group, you know, like, that sort of like, we were like 15, hard millennials, <laughs> like, great. like right in the middle. It was, it was great, like, and like, it was also a lot of people's first country album, I think. Yeah. Like, I grew up with country in my house, I love country music, and that's probably why that's my favorite Pride album. Because to me, that's like the most. Like, Emily Lou Harris is singing on that album. Yeah, it's, 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 it's killer. Um, and what a dick. He was like 24 when he wrote that. Yeah. Like, it's just depressing. Just, <laughs> and it's it's still better than anything I've ever done or ever will do. And it's, I, it's, I mean, you like, listen to it and you're like, fuck you, dude. Oh, I hate, what I hate about him, and I hate about Mountain Girls as well, is that they can do the same four chords in the same sequence and it and it's it different works. every time and it's great every time do you know what I mean it's yeah. like yeah don't like it. and that's country music right that's yeah like, I just like cowboy chords and some sad lyrics yeah and we're done yeah I'm on yeah it's great it's great yeah I, I I'm a huge Bright Eyes fan uh, I actually really like I learned um, to sing from Bright Eyes you know what I mean because I had that like I le- actually what's funny about this this list too is like I learned how to sing from Bruce Springsteen and Connor Oberst. Uh, and they're both on here. It's just that kind of like yeah. sad vibrato voice cracking when it gets high. Yeah, but they've, it's the emotion though, isn't it? Yeah. Thing. So like, you, yeah. Know, you actually like feel it. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's emotional without emoting, I think is important. Yeah. Without, like, emote, without, without being wanky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Um, cool, so uh, for the for, for time's sake. Yeah, yeah, I know. We have, I have to yeah, get back to the venue soon anyways. Um, number five. Number five is a cheat list because it's Death Cab for Cutie, Transatlanticism, slash the Postal Service's Give Up. Okay. Those are one out, whether you want to admit it or not. I know it's two different bands. <laughs> okay. 
it's one songwriter, yeah. like lyrically at least, because um, he didn't write the Postal Service songs. But it's like one storyteller writing about one, like he wrote those in the same year of his life, and yeah. it's about largely about the same woman and like the same circumstances happening. Okay, cool. Um, I like mostly missed the boat with Descap. Really? Yeah. So when you when you put it on, I gave it a listen, and like I don't know why it wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, it's an amazing album. Um, yeah, again, I was like, this is the same year as Bright Eyes, right? No, yeah. Bright Eyes was later. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was like, shit, I was a freshman in high school when this came out. I listened to the to the photo the photo booth. Or the, fuck, not the photo, the photo album. Yeah. Wait, why am I? Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Uh, like I knew who Bright Eyes was, or not uh, Death Cab was, and then. But I never owned any of their stuff. And one day I went to Best Buy. And I was like, oh, I'm buying CDs today. And I was yeah. like, Death Cab, I listened to their last album. I'm going to try this one out. It has a cool cover. It has a name that's wild, Transatlantic. That's great. And at the exact same time, I had seen the music video for The District Sleeps Alone Tonight on MTV2 at like 4 in the morning. And I couldn't remember what the band was. And when I saw the Postal Service, I said, fuck, that's it. And I bought it, and I didn't realize that it was Ben Gibbard. And then really? I went home, and I was like, oh, <laughs> Turns what out, the hell? I just like this guy. So for me, those will, ever be for, those will forever be linked together, because I literally bought them on the same day without knowing that it was Ben Gibbard. Yeah, I and I think they cover a lot of the same ground lyrically. Um, and... I like the Death Cab album better than the Postal Service album, but I have very fond memories of that Postal Service album. It's kind of it's funny that you just coincidentally both. Yeah, I just didn't even think about it. It was absolutely insane. So yeah, for me they're all they're one album. Like, and lyrically, I think they are. Uh, yeah. Like, it's almost like he had leftover lyrics and was like, oh, <laughs> throw them on this one. <laughs> but they're like they're not. It's different because they're not like B lyrics. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Good. No, they're all just yeah. perfect. Yeah. What a jerk. <laughs> what a jerk. All right, so we'll move on to book. Yep. Uh, the Windup Bird Chronicle. Chronicles? I forget. Oh, uh, it's uh, it says Chronicle. Yeah. Chronicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, by Haruki Murakami. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. This feels like a basic, like a basic B answer. But, uh, I love Murakami. And I discovered this book again when I was going through like weird breakup times. Yeah. And it's just this weird book of like about depression and isolation and you think that would divorce. Help you? you know, help you on a desire. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. The reason the other reason I picked it is because Murakami is a writer who for me like on the surface is very straightforward in telling you the story. Yeah, sure. But when you like dig, and a lot of it has to do with the translation. Um, I probably should have put the translation on it. Yeah, because I looked into it and there's only like two official translations. Yeah, I should have put which one. I don't remember which one it even is because I'm a jerk. and I know that (laughs) translating is another form of novel writing and like a lot of people don't give it enough credit. Well, it's not, Translation will make or break a book. Yeah, because it like... They're Some rewriting. things just do not translate. They're so rewriting. Yeah, yeah. Like they are editing and rewriting, and it it's, could be completely different. It's weird how like how little credit it gets. Yeah, I think. So I should have put that. That's my bad. Mine's like probably the main 
translation edition. <laughs> it's the paper bag. It's like the mass paper bag. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Um, but you can go down different avenues of his language and just discover new things and discover new... Also, it's a pretty massive book. I think it's like 600 pages or something. Yeah, so so really there's like a lot of little things in there. Yeah, yeah. I Honestly, the, the beauty of reading books, too, is that by the time you've finished a book, you've already started to forget what it's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like... You can start at the beginning and it would still yeah. feel a little fresh. Yeah. There's parts of that book. I honestly, I love this book, and I could barely give you the plot of it because <laughs> it's a dense kind of dreamy book. Yeah, yeah. It's not like. It, but it's like a guy who loses his wife, cat, and his wife has left him, and he goes on this series of fucking weird adventures. And I, if I sat here and gave you had time, I'd remember them. Yeah. yeah. Meets a young woman, and, like sits at the bottom of a well. He has dreams of <laughs> killing his wife's brother. Like, right? It's like I can remember all. It's like a fever dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you put it all together, it's like an overwhelmingly emotional experience. Yeah, yeah. So it would be that. Book. You know, I also need to reread it. I haven't read it in like six years, but I was just like, yeah. How much, like, if you ever get that fear that when you read a book was great and then you like worry to reread it? Well, I have. So my favorite book for a long time was this book called *The People of Paper* by an author named Salvador Placencia. Okay. It's the only novel he ever wrote, and it's this great kind of meta novel where, like, he was—he literally like cut out holes in the pages for certain things, or there was a like a baby Nostradamus, but he would block your thoughts. So when it was the baby Nostradamus's chapter, it would just be a black square over the text, and it was really cool. But he wrote it during a breakup. And like literally in the middle of the book, so like the, the book opens, the book opens with, yeah, we're almost done. The book opens with uh, this dedication to a woman. And then like midway through the book, he's like, maybe I should just start all over and forget about her. And then like the next page is the title page again, yeah, yeah. but no dedications there. And then the next page says, bitch. And when I was 19, it was super freaking cool. Yeah. I wonder if I reread it now, if I'd be like, oh, yeah, a little cringy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of it's heartbreaking when you reread something you hold so dear. Yeah. That, like, and I'm sure it's still beautiful, and it's an important novel, I think. But I had to think like it was between Wind Up Chronicle and Infinite Jest. Um, but like, I won't pick Infinite Jest because I'm a 31-year-old white guy. Like, of course, I love David Foster Wallace. And <laughs> I probably shouldn't. And I couldn't wait for everybody to tell me why I shouldn't. Uh, so, Fair the Murakami book holds up better. <laughs> cool. Um, so, your luxury item. What? Oh, shit. Oh, go. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Now there's a little crack there. Luxury item would be a piano. Cool. Um, mostly because I suck at piano. It'd be a good time to learn how to play piano. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I can play it. Like, I can... Form chords and yeah, yeah, yeah. play. You don't know if it's all time to learn. But it's really bad. Like, yeah. you know, that's why Meredith's in the band and I don't play piano. <laughs> uh, but it'd be great. I could like learn. You got to If you're on design, like, you have to have a musical instrument. Like, what yeah, yeah, sure. Way, you know. I mean, like, the only problem with keeping that piano tuned. Yeah, I, I like out of tune pianos. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. So, and then, do you think you'd be good on a desert island? Like, would you? Would you? Are you good with your own time? I'm terrible at my own time, but I think if I didn't have anything else to do, because that's my thing, right? Is like when it's time to write a song, it's changed. Because now I like, you know, it used to be like, oh, I'm inspired. I'm in my fucking sweatpants. Like, let's yeah. just write. Now I like, 
put on pants, even if I'm writing in my apartment or like in a in Meredith's parents' basement where I wrote this yeah. last time, like I'll pull on my pants, my jeans, and go downstairs and go to work. Um, but it used to be about shedding distractions. Yeah. You know, because like video games are fun. It's true. There's a lot of TV to watch. Yeah. Um, but I think if I didn't have anything else, you know, or I fucking hate it. Use it for firewood. That's like the practical answer, right? Um, and then the last question is: So, if you on this desert island, you come across a book, and in this book it has a spell, okay. and the spell takes you back home. Okay. But when you get back home, all music, regardless of what it is, is if it's like whistling, uh, hold music, is Nickelback. Do you go home? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Fair enough. I don't even like music that much. <laughs> Yeah. Music's fine. Yeah. Nickelback, Nickelback gets a lot of shit. It does, but for I being like a pretty decent band. I'll say it right now. I don't think Nickelback is a great band. Photograph has the dumbest fucking lyrics I've ever heard. But they get an undue amount they of do, shit for being do. a rock band that plays their own instruments. Yeah. Uh, and I will never yuck somebody's yum over writing and expressing themselves. Like, what a shitty thing to do to shit all over somebody's art. And maybe if they're, eh, are they doing it to make money? Or are they just turning, I don't know. Yeah. But like, at a certain point, those guys were in a room thinking, hey man, I love rock and roll. Let's play some songs together. It's not their fault they got famous. Like, you know. Yeah. Photograph can eat an asshole. <laughs> that song is true. It's always fun to ask that So if I have to come home and only hear Photograph, I'll still come home, but I... Okay. Oh, anyway, man, thank you so much. For yeah, of course. Yeah, it's been of course. This is great. It's amazing. Yeah.